We spent all that time talking about fucking duvets and then about two <laughs> minutes on Linux. What are you two like? User error 71. I'm Joe. I'm Alan. And I'm Dan. And we're back. And we've got our hashtag ask error special for you. And remember that you can submit these questions using the hashtag ask error on Twitter or in the Telegram group, which someone informed me that uh, we don't have a user error Telegram group. No, I mean the Jupiter Broadcasting Telegram group. So, uh, yeah, join us there and ask your questions or go to error.show slash contact if you want to email us or whatever. So the first question, what sleep tech do you use? Define sleep tech. Like I have a bed and pillows and a blanket. Yes, that definitely counts as sleep technology. You don't just curl up in a ball on the floor. Yeah. No, as in, do you use any sleep apps to monitor your sleep? Do you have anything to send you to sleep in the first place? I would heavily debate the idea that a pillow is not sleep tech, first of all, (laughs) because pillows matter a lot. Not only do pillows matter, sheets matter and duvets matter. Yes, that is true. But that wasn't what this question was supposed to be about, I don't think. But go on, elaborate on your amazing European style duvet then. If you are not aware of this, there is actually a difference between the American comforter and the European duvet. And what we found out, uh, because we were ignorant and had no idea, is that the duvets is like a two-piece affair where you have the insert and it's inside the out outer covering part that comes off. Yeah, the duvet cover. Right, yeah. So uh, most of the time when you buy a comforter here in Murica, it's just one big unwashable blanket that fills up your entire washer and dryer and totally sucks. So I think that moving to a duvet where we're able to take off the cover and wash it regularly and that we can actually change out uh, the insert or the cover depending on season is a huge upgrade in our sleep tech. (laughs) Sorry, I love the way you pronounce duvet. It's different every single time and it's really (laughs) massively over and out uh, enunciated every time. I love it. I absolutely love it. Any actual tech that is not a duvet or a fucking pillow? I don't do any sleep tracking because I hate wearing my watch. Uh, Karen does the watch thing at night. And so I just kind of guess based on what she did. I certainly am not getting more sleep than whatever she's getting on her watch. But um, what I've actually been using is the bedtime feature um, where it will alert you. Like you say, hey, I want to sleep for eight hours, and then it'll tell me an hour before whatever my eight-hour mark is. You know, it'll tell me at like 8 p.m. or something, hey, you know, you need to head to bed pretty soon if you want to get eight hours of sleep. So I have a duvet on my bed, and <laughs> we we change um, the insert in summer and winter. It's actually got um, – it's a duvet that has – a velcro on each corner and so you can put a second one in there attached to the first one to make it twice as thick um so we don't actually swap it out we actually bulk it up with a second layer um and then that goes inside the duvet cover the reason i think we like duvet covers rather than your wacky comforters is because you can have interchangeable covers and they well there's two reasons why you can change the look of your room by just changing the pillows and the duvet cover, uh, rather than just having a stark white um, comforter. 
And the second thing is, when you jizz all over it, you could take it off and put it in the washing machine. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is what I'm talking about. Americans don't know about this. I've got a suggestion for Americans, right? Okay, I've slept in American hotels and with a comforter, right? Just put a fucking cover on it. You've got a duvet. You don't need to buy a separate thing. Just put a cover on it. Very simple. At least the one that I got, um, the insert has um, like little ties on the corner to keep it inside the cover correctly. Because I had to actually look special for one so that it wouldn't just shift around inside like the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Dear, oh dear. This was supposed to be about fucking sleep tracking apps and shit. And you two have just turned it into duvet hour. (laughs) I do actually use sleep tech. uh, If you want to call it that, I've got a pebble and um it tracks my sleep and i wear it at night and it um tells me little motivational messages the next day uh, what percentage above or below average i am to try and motivate me to have either more sleep or maybe get up earlier the next day um and i also have my phone next to the bed and i listen to podcasts and that's what sends me to sleep so yeah i think i have some tech it's not super advanced stuff you know my pebble is um arguably long past its sell-by date, but I still love it and it works brilliantly and I don't have to charge it very often. So uh, I'm keeping it. Alan, do you have any uh, home automation stuff set up for like your wake up time or anything like that, like music or lights or? Yeah, I do. Um, So one of the things you can do with uh, your Amazon lady cylinder is you can get her to come on like an alarm clock. And so I say to her, Alexa, set an alarm for like 6.30 a.m. to come on to BBC Radio 6 Music uh, from TuneIn. And that sentence sets my alarm perfectly. Um, but I also have it set to turn the lights down at the end of the day. And to, I've tried having it where it turns the lights on in the morning, but my wife gets really pissed off. Um, she, she like pulls the duvet over her head and she's like, because the lights have come on. And I'm like, well, you know, it's actually time you got up. You have to go to work. Um, but the problem is she works in a school, so it's summer holiday now. So I have to get up and she doesn't, which is quite frustrating. So, um, yeah, I, I just have my pebble wake me up. It can do the vibrate thing to wake you up and it, it wakes you up when it thinks you've had enough sleep, not at a predetermined time, although you can do that as well. So yeah, I guess I do use a fair amount of sleep tech. So I set um, the lamp in the living room to come on in the morning at like 15% brightness, and that works about 30% of the time because internet of shit. (laughs) But another great internet of shit thing that doesn't work is that the Apple TV is supposed to play our chill mix, but since my old ass TV doesn't support CEC, and the Bluetooth soundbar doesn't get turned on over Bluetooth when it's off, um, that it's just playing music into the void. (laughs) Bummer. Well, I live in a noisy city, and I sleep all day, so I need something to drown out that noise. And so I put to use a Raspberry Pi Zero, and I hooked it up to a little USB speaker, and I have it play. um, If you do a Google search for uh, Star Trek Bridge Noise, Linux terminal. Um, it plays like this kind of white noise rumbling of the Star Trek, uh, Starship Enterprise uh, bridge sound. It's just white noise with a bit of a filter on it. It's kind of a rumbling. And it's very comforting to sleep to. It's like being on an airplane, but actually being able to stretch out in your nice warm bed. So, yeah, that's the sleep tech I use. 
What would be the first thing you did if you won the lottery? I think I'd start a spreadsheet and um, (laughs) put the big number at the top and then I'd list all my family and all my friends and I'd, uh, depending upon how much it was, if it was a significant life-changing amount of money, I'd start divvying up a certain percentage to all my, my family and a bunch of close friends so that I could when the money arrives, send them all checks or give them all a pile of cash or a bag of coins or whatever I'm going to give them. And then say, right, that's it. That's all you're fucking getting. Don't bother me again. (laughs) And then from that point onwards, I'll do what I want with the rest of the money. I don't know what proportion of the total pot it would be divvied up. I think probably something like 50-50. I would keep 50% for me and the other 50% I would divvy up between friends, family and some charities as well. And then the rest would be mine. This is a super boring answer, but I feel like before anything, you'd have to go to like a financial advisor, right? <sighs> and you'd have to find out the best way to receive the money to get the least taxes taken out, right? Because if you do like the lump sum, it's a huge tax penalty. But if you do like the payments, then there's some kind of tax relief or I don't know. There's something, there's something there that I don't understand that I need somebody to tell me what's better. Uh, it's not like that in the UK. You just get it all as one lump sum tax free, I think. Little different for uh, California Lotto. I think there's uh, some funky tax stuff involved, but I, I definitely want to talk to a financial advisor and get that all squared away and figure out like what is my monthly stipend, and then from there, then I'd have to figure out okay, well, how much money do I even have now? And then I would pretty much just consider it like regular income. So I think. With that kind of thing, it's not like you're like, oh, well, I have, you know, so many millions of dollars. I can go buy these things. It's more like my monthly income is now larger unless your monthly income is some ridiculous amount, like a million dollars a month, you know, which it's not going to be. But I don't know. I think that that kind of like puts a damper on some of the like crazier ideas, but it's probably more realistic. And I'd still probably be able to do things like buy a really nice house and drive a really nice car and like have more comfortable things and get to go out to eat all the time and you know like quality of life things the first thing i would do is uh get my wife to start looking for houses um which she would probably enjoy doing um meanwhile i would drive to guildford and go to anderton's music and buy all the (laughs) guitars that they have it is a good guitar shop and they have a lot of guitars Yes. So yes, that would be good. I wondered if you were going to do the gag when you said uh, I would get my wife to go and look at houses and then she'd be all excited and say, uh, where are we going? Oh, we're not going anywhere. You're going out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, She'd be looking for cool houses. I mean, I wouldn't buy anything ridiculous house-wise. I'd want something with uh, an extra room for my guitar collection, maybe. Or maybe an extra room or two, maybe like a four or five bedroom house or something. But I wouldn't want something just ridiculous to rattle around in and get lonely or whatever. And um, then I'd just be really boring and just buy a load of investment properties to make sure that I didn't squander the rest of it. I'm just quite a boring person, really. Yeah, I haven't quite figured out what I would do with my 50% or whatever percentage. I haven't actually figured out if I would just go and squander it on crack and hookers or whether I would, you know, have nice holidays or, or, you know, just pay off the debts and leave it somewhere and just carry on working and just think of it as a nest egg and use it later in life or for emergencies. I'm not quite sure. Actually, I've just realized that I told you a lie. 
it's not the first thing I would do. The very first thing I would do is go to my local pizza place. And they do, I think, a 9-inch, a 12-inch. Um, I, I normally go for one of those two. But they also have a half meter, which is this enormous rectangular one. And I've never had one before. And I think that would be the first thing I would do. I would want to come and buy the pizza place and then implement some consistency in the measurement system for their pizzas and not have inches for two of the sizes and metric for the larger size. That's just insane. It's quirky. You know, a lot of people talk about, like, things they would buy with lottery money, right? But what about, like, services, like a chef or a maid or, like, you know, something that's, like, ongoing, right? Is there anything that you can think of that you can't afford right now that you're like, wow, like, getting – Something recurring like that would totally change my life. Yeah. Uh, we already have a cleaner, so that I like. Um, I would probably have um, something like a personal trainer and a personal shopper and a gardener, I think. Those are the things I would have. Someone to kick me out of bed and make me do exercise and then someone to make me look nice in nice clothes when I'm buff and someone to make the garden look nice. I think those are quite important services, yes. I would probably get a personal trainer to help me um, get a hench. But apart from that, <laughs> no. Stop trying to make hench a thing. <laughs> what one application is completely missing on Linux? I think I would have to say a video editor because there's not really one of those for Linux. Do you? Mean, I mean, obviously that's a sarcastic suggestion. <laughs> Do you mean? like one of the big video editors or is it only a sarcastic suggestion uh well I, I think that all of the big media creation tools the whole adobe suite the whole avid suite all of that stuff is missing on linux i don't think we're going to get it but um yeah i, th I think professional grade paid for proprietary applications that's what we need I don't agree that they need to be proprietary. Well, no, obviously it'd be better if they were open source, but um, professional at least. I definitely would have to go down the same road, and I would say that one of my biggest headaches is uh, audio editing. I, I don't feel like the tools that we have are very good, and they're in like custom toolkits that don't work in high DPI and, and things like that. Uh, I definitely don't feel like I could write a song in anything that I've seen available. Um, it's nowhere near uh, Apple's free offering, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I definitely agree that professional creative tools are, are severely lacking. I find it interesting that uh, in the last section where we talked about what you would win on the lottery, what you would do with your money, neither of you said I would pay open source developers to work on applications. <laughs> No, no, no. No, the question was, what's the first thing you would do? And, and so that's obviously the second thing I would do. Of course it is. Of course it is. Sorry to call back to a previous question. <laughs> I'm going to say two things, but they're effectively the same thing. Um, I would say Xcode and Visual Studio are the two things we need on Linux. And the reason I would say that is because these are two chunky applications that are the reason why some people run uh, other operating systems. So one of the big reasons why a lot of people run uh, macOS is because they develop cross-platform applications and if you're going to develop stuff for Apple you need Xcode and Xcode only works on 
Mac OS. It doesn't work on Windows and it doesn't work on Linux. And if we had Xcode, if yeah, I realize this is a complete fantasy, isn't going to happen. But if we had it and it was possible for people to develop or maintain Apple applications on Linux, I think that would be beneficial for those people who have that use case uh, and are, in inverted commas, forced to use Mac OS currently. And the same goes for Visual Studio. There's a lot of stuff in Visual Studio that people do on Windows that they could quite easily do on Linux if the tools were available on Linux. There is all the other creative tools along with it, and I agree those things would be great as well, but my first two would be Xcode and Visual Studio. Is Linux really lacking that stuff? I thought there were decent alternatives that were better in some ways. No, it's just not possible to create software for iOS and MacOS. You just can't compile it for those platforms. Right. The, the Xcode is is the tool to do that. It's it's not like there aren't IDEs and text editors. Sure, you could use something like um, Atom or VS Code, the cut down Visual Studio Code, or you know some other IDE. But when it comes to actually building it, you need um, all the compilers and libraries and stuff, and that's just not available. Do you ever use default folders like documents, pictures, and music? Yep. So you put all your documents in documents, all your pictures in pictures, and all your music in music? Not necessarily all, but um, I certainly, uh, when I take screenshots, they go in pictures. And if I drag images off of an SD card, I'll generally put them in the pictures folder. Um, That seems reasonable to me because that's where other things look for stuff and in browsers if you save a picture it defaults in there as i recall um so yeah it just becomes a habit really a nice tidy place to put stuff um music i don't have a lot of local music but what i do have goes in the music folder documents i have some stuff in documents mostly stuff that's been saved from weird quirky applications that um i've used now and then um because most of my files for most of the things I create, like source code is in a separate folder and um, Android Studio projects are in a specific folder and Eclipse projects are in a specific folder. But if I open some new and interesting application that saves documents, then invariably it will save in the documents folder. And so I'll just use that because it's the default. But if I really want to save something and have it appear on my other computers, then I'll save it in a sync thing folder or a Dropbox folder or something like that. So, and I don't, I don't have sync thing and Dropbox set up to synchronize my documents folder for some reason. I don't know why I've never done that. I probably should. I kind of feel like this is an interesting question because do I use these folders? No. But do all the applications that I use use these folders? Sure. Uh, I, I don't go into a, a folder and then like right click and then create a new whatever document. It's, you know, whatever application I use saves the things wherever it saves them. And chances are it saves them in the correct XDG folder. Right. And then you only open the documents from the relevant application. Right. Really? You never open a file manager and navigate around a bunch of folders and then go, ah, there's the document I want, and double-click it. No, that sounds horrible. You're mental. <laughs> every every application has like a content library that oh. is built for the specific purpose of like managing that content and viewing it in the most efficient way possible. Why would I go into a file manager if I want to view music or photos 
or something like that when it's like completely devoid of all the relevant information. It's not sorted correctly. It's displayed like as like a file. That seems crazy to me. Because there's multiple different applications that might store stuff in documents. I'm not talking about, forget music and pictures. There's lots of different applications that I have that all save stuff in the documents folder. And yeah, okay, I can create subdirectories in there, but I have a lot of stuff in there. And I know I've got a document around here somewhere. I mean, I can use the search feature in my desktop and just find, type the name of the document and it will find it. And I press enter and it appears. And actually, I don't care where it is. But I don't think it's unreasonable for me to go looking for a picture using the file manager because it's a file and I want to go and find it. So I would use the file manager. I don't, I don't see what's so wacky about that. It just seems like the least efficient way to find it because the photo manager like knows things about your photos that are contextual and that matter in terms of photos. Like the photo manager knows that you probably care like when a photo is taken or where it was taken or who's in it. And the file manager is like, I don't know, this is a file. Yeah, again, I did, I said not photos, not music. I said just documents. And I don't use a photo manager. So uh, I'm talking only about documents, like multiple different types of documents. There might be a spreadsheet, might be a, a document, might be a presentation. They're all in this documents folder. And I'm not about to open the presentation software and then go file open. Is it a presentation? Oh, no. And then go, oh, maybe it's a spreadsheet. I'll open the spreadsheet application and then go grubbing around in the file open dialog. Is it a spreadsheet? Oh, no, it was a document. I'll go and open the document editor and go grubbing around for the document. That makes no sense at all. I know where it is. I'll go and look in there, double click the thing, and it'll open the right app. Why wouldn't your application have a library? Why does it expect you to use the open file dialog? What year is this? <laughs> well, I've got a good excuse for never using the default folders, and that is that I generally have my OS on a small, fast drive, and then all my stuff on a slower, bigger drive. And that used to be a SATA SSD and a spinning Rust. Um, now it's kind of NVMe and SATA or whatever. Uh, I just generally, or I have it on a different partition or whatever, I, I just have never got into the habit of using default folders. Uh, I like to do it. I don't like to be told how I'm going to use my computer. That's why I don't like elementary OS, I'm afraid. Because <laughs> of your specific vision. Well, you just use it. You don't like try to do stuff that's not just using it. Like Management is boring. Why would you want to do that? Just use it. Good point. Well made. It's like you want to drive a car to go from point A to point A, B. And yeah, there's weird people that like to take the cars apart and do all kinds of stuff. But, you know, for them, there's Arch. For everybody else, they just want to take a lift or something. You know, you don't want to sit there and, I don't know, let me configure my car before I go to the store. That analogy doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work because with a car, if you fuck with it, you might die. If you fuck with your operating system, you might have to reinstall it. Also, I'm not reconfiguring anything by opening a document. I'm just... I'm I'm opening the glove box and looking through the glove box for the documents rather than – the analogy doesn't work because there is no application in the car for finding the car documents. It's This is why car analogies are rubbish and we should never use them. Um, I, I, I can understand how you would say the data is siloed for the application – but sometimes you didn't create that data 
in the application. I've downloaded a document from a website. It's in my downloads folder. So I open a file manager, go to my downloads folder, double click the document, and it opens in the right application. I almost always right click open with because uh, I don't know, I always end up with the wrong associations for some reason. Yeah, I do have a broken association on my laptop. One of the files opens in the Windows version of Notepad running under Wine. For some reason, I'm not quite <laughs> sure how I managed to do that. But I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the only reason that I go into the file manager is either because I'm I'm using a application like Audacity that has no concept of libraries or projects or anything that I can discern, or... Uh, I'm I'm doing some kind of like development task where I have to do file management because I'm in a Git directory of some kind. But then again, um, you know, a lot of that stuff is done now through the IDE. So I don't know. It seems like going into the file manager is is less and less of a necessity, and it seems like it's like a really heavy developer oriented workflow. It doesn't really make sense in modern applications anymore. User error exclusive. The next version of Elementary OS is going to ship without a file manager. Well, how many how many mainstream operating systems have either a file manager that isn't very good or shipped without a file manager for years, right? Like, I have no idea if Android comes with a file manager. I've never seen anyone use it. iOS didn't have a file manager until like last year. And macOS, the primary interface, is the file manager finder. God, Finder is horrible. Finder is such a bad <laughs> file manager that it's it makes perfect sense because none of the applications on macOS actually require you to use the file manager. And it's so bad that no one ever even opens it up to see how bad it is. <laughs> What's in your conference bag? Uh, not documents. I have specific applications in my conference bag. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, enough of the callbacks. So, apart from a laptop uh, and uh, batteries to charge your phone and stuff, what what else is in there? USB keys, pens, uh, stickers, extra batteries. Uh, I've got a Zoom H1 audio recorder for doing interviews with people it's never been used for doing interviews with people uh, but i carry it everywhere anyway um lots of usb cables like usb c and usb mini usb b just in case i need to charge my batteries or my phone um some expenses that need filing uh and i think that's about it so depending on um where i'm going and what type of day it's going to be I have two bags. I have a, a messenger bag and a backpack. And uh, if I'm going to be taking um, my DSLR to do photos, and I definitely want to do the backpack because it's totally unmanageable in the messenger bag. But um, I definitely have one of the little USB-C to HDMI dealies with a couple USB-A ports and all that kind of jazz on it, right? Uh, and then I used to have business cards in there, but um, I haven't bought any new business cards yet. I don't know if business cards are actually effective or matter. I feel like you hand them out and then they're just garbage. Yeah, I have I have business cards in my um, in my bag, but I can't remember the last time I handed them out. I think it was a scale uh, conference and I was on the booth. And someone was asking for help with something. And I said, look, if you send me an email, I'll do some tech support over email if that helps. Um, but 
uh, yeah, I don't tend to give them out very often. Surely some sort of flyer that you have just one of and people can take a photo of is far better. Is it? Yes, I think so. Especially if it's got a QR code on it, because I think most QR readers, not that anyone really has one. I hate QR codes. I also hate QR codes. They're stupid. Yeah, if it's small, I don't know. But if it's just got your information really easily viewable in a photo, that's probably more useful than a card that's just going to get lost because the photo is going to get backed up to whatever cloud service they're using or their self-rolled thing or whatever, and they will have access to that photo generally. Clearly, it would be placed into their photos directory, Joe. (laughs) It wouldn't be in the cloud. That would require using an application to manage your photos. Yes. But in my bag, anyway, I have water. That is the most important thing. Everywhere I go, I have water with me. And uh, paracetamol for if I'm really hungover or get ill or something. And then otherwise, just your standard stuff, laptop, tablet, um, chargers, uh, portable battery things. Um, and I, I, know, I always wish I had a pen. I really should put more pens in my bag, I think. I have way too many pens in my bag, mostly Ubuntu pens and pens I've stolen from hotels and conference centers. And they're always rubbish. So I usually use the Ubuntu pens. I tried to use an Ubuntu pen the other day, the big orange fucker, Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't work, and I was really annoyed, but I still didn't throw it away. I've still got it. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Uh, Yes, I tried scribbling for ages with it, and that didn't do anything. (laughs) I tried uh, going (gasps) on the end, and (laughs) still nothing, so it's just in my big box of pens now. Maybe you want to join the uh, Hash Ubuntu IRC channel and ask for support in there. Yeah, maybe I should. Right, let's end with a very deep question. What is love? Have you guys read um, The Five Love Languages? Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Is this one of these things where you uh, look in the mirror and say, I love you, Dan. You're uh, you're a really good person. Is it something like that? No, affirmations are not a love language. You've never heard of this book? No. No. Okay, so um, there's this kind of behavioral psychology theory, I guess, and um, the uh, the guy, uh, Dr. Uh, Gary Chapman, I think is his name, he lays out this idea that there's like five love languages. And so there's physical touch. There's words of affirmation. Told you. Uh, well, <laughs> not for yourself, for your, your partner. <laughs> uh, anyway, gifts. And um, did I say acts of service already? Quality time. Physical touch, receiving gifts, acts of service, and words of affirmation. Right, right, right. So <laughs> the idea, the idea is that everybody is different in the way that they express love and in the way that they understand that love is being expressed to them, right? And I think that really goes in with this question because it kind of makes you think about when you want to show someone else that you love them, how do you do it? I don't think I can say on the air. <laughs> Physical touch. There we go. <laughs> yeah. There's different types of love, though, right? You've got the the love that you have for your friends. Um, Greeks had words for it. Then you've got, like, erotic love or whatever, eros. I can't remember what the others are, but there's, like, clearly different types of love, and we just kind of lump it all in together. And surely it all just comes down to... Um, people or animals or things you give a shit about. You know, that if you really boil it down to that, you've got strangers and then people you love. Hmm. There are strangers, uh, 
and you know, or friends I just haven't met yet. Um, <laughs> and oh, I can't believe I said that. Um, <laughs> and some of them end up being friends, and some of them you love. And I, I think there's some you could quite easily not. Um, but yeah, we would we would just call them friends. Are you saying that you don't love me, Alan? Yes, yes, I'm saying that. Um, but. I think it's weird because I was trying to think about the feelings I I had when I very first felt like what I thought was love. And when you're, you know, a teenager and you feel like, oh my God, I love this thing or this person. It's quite a weird butterfly in your tummy feeling. And now I don't think I feel that much anymore, but I still use the same word. Like I've been married for nearly 20 years. It's not that I don't love my wife. It's just that that little butterfly feeling is very, it's very different when you're, you know, 20 years on from, you know, first meeting them. Do you not think? Absolutely. And in fact, Dr. Gary Chapman talks about this in his book. <laughs> <laughs> He's sponsored by this book or something. Uh, no, actually, I swear to God. Well, I just read this book recently. Um, so um, he talks about the in love experience, right? Now, this is temporary and this is – I think you're totally right. It, it it makes a lot of sense because we do have this feeling, right, of like, oh, you're in love and it's this very chemical thing. But like actually – Loving someone, I think, is very different than just kind of feeling in love, right? Well, it's like loving someone versus being in love with someone, maybe. And like when you first get together, you have that chemical thing that you talked about that coincidentally lasts around about long enough for you to get together, have a kid, and have that kid grow up enough to kind of fend just about for itself. And then you fall out of love. And that's why so many people get divorced when their kids are about three or four. It's a good job uh, you're never going to be a parent thinking that a three or four-year-old can fend for themselves. <laughs> well, no, I don't mean fend for itself, but like not be totally fucked. Like can at least follow you around, walk and stuff. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I also find I say I love this um, about inanimate objects and food way more than I say that about people. Um, so, you know, I really love ThinkPads really quite a lot. And also, I really love squid quite a lot and prawns and seafood quite a lot. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think you're right in that we do use that one word for lots and lots of different things. And I feel like maybe there are, there, there, there is a better language to use for, for these things. Maybe I need to, uh, read Gary's book. Maybe. Maybe it'll give me a new appreciation for how much I love my flying V. Would it be fair to say that things you love spark joy? <sighs> <laughs> so are you saying I should get rid of anything that doesn't spark joy and doesn't um, – that I don't love? Uh, what's that other guy? Uh, is it Mark Manson that he wrote that article that's like, uh, fuck yeah or no? I, I've not heard this either. I think that's around around the same kind of ideology of the the Marie Kondo thing, right? Is like love it or leave it kind of jazz. Like either this sparks joy or get it out of here. I don't know about that. My Bluetooth speaker is uh, pretty handy now and again, but I don't love it. It doesn't spark joy in my life. But I'm not going to throw it away because you know 
It's quite handy sometimes. Uh, like being that we're recording these at our desks, we're obviously all looking around our desks at all the things and thinking, <laughs> yeah. does that Nexus 7 spark joy? Does the little <laughs> stand the satin spark joy? What about that uh, magic eraser I use over there to clean ThinkPads? Does that spark joy? And... <laughs> And I'm now looking to reach out and grab some of these things and just chuck them in the bin. But then I know I'll be laying in bed tonight trying to get to sleep and I'll be thinking, I put that cassette in the bin and that I really, I think I quite like that cassette. I think I want to keep it and I'll, I'll find, I'll find myself coming back up here later on and getting it out of the bin. Why is it that there are things that we get lots of use out of or that we, really need but the things that we love are like foods well yeah it's like my mixer i'm looking at that i need that for my job but i don't love it whereas the guitar hanging above i love that and i could just totally not use that ever again and be fine in my life but it's it's complicated love obviously and the complication is that it's not about a useful thing. It's like you don't end up necessarily with the the kind of partner who is going to um, facilitate your life being the best that it possibly can be. You kind of fall in love with the person and you're with them because, I don't know, there are reasons that just don't make sense and love doesn't make sense. And that's why it, it's not a logical thing of this really useful mixer that I use all the time. Um, I love it. No. This, you know, the, the guitar that's not even that good, but just has, I, I love the way it plays. And I, it does spark joy in my life. But isn't that the argument that it, your your life might be better if there weren't these things cluttering up your house, cluttering up your room that you don't necessarily love? It wouldn't, isn't the argument that, you know, that Raspberry Pi that sat there on the desk that you're not actually using, it might even be switched on and you could probably SSH into it and do something with it, but it's not actually doing anything right now. Why not get rid of it? it? Your life might be slightly better off because there's more space on your desk now, or it's one less thing to think about. And it's, you know, when you have these conversations with people who are you know, talking about things in their life and you get that overwhelming dread that comes over you thinking, oh, I've got to sort that thing out and I've got to move that thing. And there's all those things in the way. I, I can kind of see why, you know, we've talked about this in the past about stuff we hoard and stuff we collect. And I can see the the goal of only keeping stuff you love. I'm just not there yet. I just I just can't quite do it yet. Maybe if we have this subject again a few more times on the podcast, I'll start throwing <laughs> things away and it'll work. Well, my Bluetooth speaker just fell over and hit the mic stand, so I'm going to have to edit that out. So fuck it, it's going in the bin. <laughs>